BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Oh, Ben, you missed the shot again. Guys, before we recorded, he was making like a million of them. He just bricked right there. Your Ben Jarofsky show for Wednesday, November 17th, is brought to you by SEIU Healthcare, Illinois, Indiana, the Chicago Federation of Labor, the Chicago Teachers Union, and Chicago Reader. ChicagoReader.com for all things there is to know the city of Chicago, where to go, what to do, what to eat, what to drink, what kind of pot to smoke, and so much more, including columns from our very own Ben Jarofsky. Chicago Reader, ChicagoReader.com. And if you want to help out this program, you can, ChicagoReader.com. Dot com forward slash Jarofsky. J-O-R-A. V is in victory. S-K-Y. <laughs> it is Wednesday, November 17th, <laughs> and live from my apartment and his attic, this is the Ben Jarofsky Show. Today on the program, legendary Chicago journalist Monroe Anderson and the long-awaited Ben Jarofsky show return of one, Henry Davis. Really hard not to say Henry Davis Gates. And now your host, (laughs) Chicago Reader columnist Ben Jarofsky. Hello everybody, Ben Jarofsky here. We're calling this Stormin' Norman Van Leer Wednesday and here's why. Because I got the great Storm and Norman Van Leer on my mind. A lot of the millennials, a lot of our younger listeners do not know who he is. He's one of the greatest, in my opinion, uh, Bulls players of all time. He died in 2009. I worshipped Storm and Norman Van Leer when I was a kid growing up. And I uh, be- uh, wrote a profile for the reader, got to know him as an adult, and he's a great guy. And I'm thinking about him because his daughter... Uh, Heidi Van Leer posted on my Facebook uh, wall today a message saying, well, you know, well, how about these bulls? They're great. And and it just made me miss her dad even more. And so I just felt I had to begin this show, uh, Heidi Van Leer, by giving a shout out to your dad. Uh, He was just a great guy, uh, just a blast to talk to as a human being, a a fun guy. And he is the heart and soul of the Chicago Bulls, in my opinion, from the 1970s. And it's a disgrace that the Bulls have not retired his jury jersey and hi, hung it from the rafters along with Pippins and Jordans and Bob Loves, et cetera, and so forth. So I just had to say that, get that off my chest. Got a lot of things on my mind uh, going back in time, not just Norm Van Leer. A story broke uh, right before he went on the air today, about an hour before we went on the air, about Malcolm X's uh, alleged killers being exonerated. Everybody here, uh, so many people in Chicago crying on behalf of, of Rittenhouse, Kyle Rittenhouse. They're so worried that Kyle Rittenhouse, who killed two people, may actually go to jail. So many centrist friends of mine, oh, no, it would be such a miscarriage of justice if a man who killed two people actually went to jail for killing two people. <laughs> You know, it's just that's how they're outraged by it. Never seen so much outrage. You know, city of Chicago, people are killed every freaking day. And I just don't see the outrage. But so many of my friends of the centrist persuasion are just so upset 
Monroe Anderson, my guest. He knows what I'm talking about. So upset that Kyle Rittenhouse may go to jail for killing two people. Let me remind you, he killed two people. And blew the yes, and, and blew the uh, bicep. The hand off a third. Yeah. Yes. Did you see the yeah. the video of that? The actual no, I, I I've oh, not seen shocking. the video of that. It was, I, oh, God, uh, that was the first time I actually saw a real gun wound. And it, yeah, I it, it, it looked like a, a, a animal had been slaughtered or something. You know, Monroe, I, I promised Henry Davis Jr., who's our guest, a uh, good friend of the show, uh, he finally coming back, it's been a while, that we would hold off on Kyle Rittenhouse. He said, hold off on Kyle Rittenhouse Do I come back. I go, okay, okay. Uh, Monroe and I will hold off on Kyle Rittenhouse discussion until then. It's just on my mind, Monroe, because I read the story, and I know you want to talk infrastructure, and I know you want to talk uh, uh, inflation and the politics of the day. I know that. But yes. I, I, I've just been just obsessed with this article that broke in the New York times about an hour ago. I already told you about it. And I sent it to you uh, about two men spent over 40 years in prison for the uh, murder of Malcolm X in 1965. And it turns out uh, there are a report uh, just released by uh, federal investigators uh, that exonerating them. Uh, one of the men is dead. So, you know, it, doesn't really help him in any way, uh, but um, and uh, one Khalil Islam and Muhammad Aziz. Give him fifty years back. Yeah, and and Monroe, you and I are probably the only two people uh, <laughs> in the show uh, today listening to the show. That's maybe not true. I have some older listeners who remember Malcolm X, like the murder of Malcolm. I mean, everybody knows who Malcolm X is. Uh, you know, from seeing the Spike Lee movie or what have you. But uh, I remember. I actually have a memory of the murder of Malcolm X. I was only, uh, I think I was nine years old, but I, I just have a memory of it, of the TV interrupting, whatever the broadcasting was to say that Malcolm X was shot. I didn't know who he was. Uh, and later when I found out about the uh, nation of Islam, it was kind of scary to a white kid growing up at Evanston, you know, but I always took for faith that they got the guys who killed him because it happened in a crowded a ballroom in Harlem, February of 1965. So there were people around, but as time has gone on, I've been reading more and more about it and uh, watching documentaries about it. And it's clear that the two people that were um, indicted and then later uh, convicted were murder. One of them, he weren't even in the room. Right. And that the, um, a third man who was convicted and admitted that uh, he participated in the murder of, of Malcolm X exonerated the other two on the stand. He said they had nothing to do with it. And they still went to prison. And the, a third man who never went to prison, William Bradley, probably sure looks like him, Monroe, was the guy who pulled the trigger. The shotgun yeah. blast that killed Malcolm X. Your thoughts and just in general about this. Go ahead. My my thoughts are that um, it was the FBI. It's a, it was the handiwork of J. Edgar Hoover. Um, because he considered the civil rights movement the greatest threat to American freedom <laughs> and democracy of the era. Because 
if it, it, it was and it managed to lessen white supremacy and racism. And who wanted that done? It's, you know, these troublesome black people, they, they, they needed to be where they were in their place. So they did, they did, they, um, I've had a talk with this uh, man who is, uh, his name is Master Z. His mother was in the Panthers. Uh, And she, he he was telling me stories about Jagger Hoover and how they made moves against the Panthers. For example, he told me that uh, what what um, they did was they put when Huey P. Newton went to prison, they they put Huey, pardon me, they put Huey in a cell with a bunch of white racists, white mm. supremacists, and they gang raped Huey. That was done. That was done intentionally. And that he he said that Huey never was the same after that. Mm. I can imagine, easily imagine. Uh, he also told me about how it, uh, the fight between us, Ryan Karenga's group, and the Black Panthers uh, was instigated by the FBI recruited light-skinned Black women from Black colleges and had them infiltrate the two groups and then um, had them fighting over them. They were, they were shooting each other up over women and love of sex or something. Yeah. Well, let, let, uh, let me get you get yourself a glass of water to uh, <laughs> take care of that cough, and I'll, I'll uh, pick up on what you said. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah the, first of all, the first point you made, uh, which is, uh, I know you were being ironic. Uh, J. J. Edgar Hoover considered uh, the Black Panthers and the, the Nation of Islam the greatest threat uh, to liberty and freedom, or Malcolm X, uh, the greatest threat to liberty and freedom uh, in this country, which is such a joke uh, because uh, the civil rights movement was, definitely with the Martin Luther King, was all talking about freedom for black people. So if you really believed in freedom and liberty, you would have been a supporter of it. So I, uh, it's beyond ironic uh, that uh, he would view it that way. Uh, secondly, these basic principles. Well, but except, no, 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 from a white racist perspective, what, what, what already existed mm-hmm. in America, I mean, it's, it's basically what we have now with making America great again. Is returning the country to yesteryears. Yeah. Well, for example, one thing which I, I didn't realize that I, I heard on, uh, during an interview last week was that when JFK was elected president, mm-hmm. uh, America was 90% white at that time. Mm. And that's, you know, and so the whole perspective was well, we're a white nation and this is how we should be. And now it's, it's, it's I think it's at 60% white now. And that's, that's changing. Yeah. 
Well, and so going back uh, to Malcolm X, uh, so Malcolm X had uh, already broke from the Nation of Islam and Elijah Muhammad by the time he was killed. Uh, and uh, the records show that the FBI, Jagger Hoover's FBI, as Monroe was saying, was uh, spying on Malcolm X, Elijah Muhammad, Martin Luther King, the Black Panthers weren't around in 1965, but eventually they were spying on them. Uh, there were FBI infiltrators in all of these organizations. He was utterly obsessed, J. Edgar Hoover, with any black person in this country uh, that would speak out about half of black people. Right. Now, he may have loved like Larry Elder or something like that, but any black person who spoke out on behalf of black people, he was utterly obsessed with Monroe Anderson. He tried to bring down uh, all these different organizations and all these different organizations. Just think of the diversity in the black community, Monroe. Just think about these, the, all the different groups that I mentioned. Malcolm X group, after he broke from uh, the Nation of Islam, the Nation of Islam, which is a separatist uh, organization uh, dedicated to black empowerment. And, uh, and the Black, the Black Panthers, Pan- Black the Panthers, Black Panthers were, they were an integrationist group of people. A radical group, like a Marxist group. They were radical. Yeah, yeah right. They were radical, so, yeah, yeah. right. But they and, then, and the civil rights movement of Martin Luther King, you couldn't find four more distinct and unique organizations, Monroe, and yet they were all enemies of Jagger Hoover. Right, because they all wanted um, equal rights for African Americans. That was their crime. So uh, I, I, I've I've struggled with this for a long time, Monroe, and I know the question I'm about to pose will sound naive to some, but I'll pose it anyway because I think it's a central question uh, in, in this issue. Why were the Feds so determined? to make sure that the wrong two men went to prison for killing Malcolm X? My guess is, and I don't know this obviously, but my guess is because the men who were responsible were on the FBI payroll and they were trying to take care of them, keep them protected. Because if you start start locking up snitches, uh, then you run out of snitches. The, 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 the whole pitch to get you to uh, be a snitch is that um, they'll never know. We'll take care of you. We'll blame it on somebody else. Well, I, uh, by the way, and, and you know this, we've talked about this in the past, uh, there was an FBI snitch uh, in uh, the Black Panthers party here in Chicago, uh, and he drugged Fred Hampton uh, before the police raided uh, Fred right. Hampton's home and right. killed him. Right. So uh, there may be something what you say. I should point out, I'm very important, I point this out before going any further. The article that I read, based on the report that was just released, exonerating uh, two men for killing uh, Malcolm X, even though they were sent to prison uh, for it, uh, says there's no evidence of government participation. So I just want to put that out there. Okay, right. uh, we, we, we may have our suspicions, Monroe and myself, two old right. guys on a right. podcast, but there's no evidence, Monroe, we have to, we have to. Or, or no, 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 no reported evidence, no reported evidence. I mean, uh, up until very recently, we didn't know those guys were innocent. 
You know, we, they, we, we assumed that they were guilty. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, so very troublesome, troubling story. Uh, prob- we're probably going to take a deeper and, dive into this as the show goes on. And Go we're ahead, still waiting on evidence that um, Trump masterminded the attempted coup on January. All right, let's, let's let's make the transition, and and I will make this point. I cannot make this point enough. And part of one of my problems with the uh, the MAGA movement uh, and all of uh, its proponents is that they proclaim a dedication to absolute principles like liberty and freedom in case of like, they don't want to have to take the vaccine. And none of them have been anywhere on the front lines of the real fight for liberty and freedom ever. Like not only the individuals right now who are in MAGA, but they're the people who came before them. Their forefathers, if you will. Right. Right. So it's just like they were absent when the cops killed Fred Hampton and the FBI was in on it. You, you know what I'm saying, Monroe? So oh, I just have know, a really hard time take, believing them. We, go can go, we can go back to uh, this, the uh, Civil War or shortly after the Civil War. It wasn't a it wasn't a rebellion to sp- split the union. It was the northern aggression against the south. That's how they de- they they define it. They always conveniently blame somebody else for their transgressions, and then cry when someone someone tries to punish them. Let's just move out. Uh, the other thing you told me, I didn't even uh, know about this until you informed me. The story was breaking. Uh, that what is it? The QAnon shaman got forty one months. Yes. So the QAnon shaman, uh, Jacob uh, Chansley, uh, who is the goofy looking guy uh, during the uh, January 6th insurrection with the, uh, what was like the horned helmet and the spear? The the, the spear and the painted face. And and, uh, he he had on a deer skin, something or another, a bear chest. Uh, He's he's readily recognizable. In fact, he's the poster child. Of the insurrection. And, and he's saying he's sorry uh, at his sentencing uh, today. I read the article after you alerted me to him, Monroe. I got a 41-month uh, sentence. I did the math dutifully. Hey, I went to have some high school, Monroe. It's over three years right. uh, that he was sentenced. And uh, he said he was sorry. So do you believe he's honestly uh, contrite, uh, Monroe, or is he just reading uh, what his lawyer told him? Uh, is he just I, saying what he told his lawyer? I sentence? think he's contrite. I, I think he's honestly contrite. I think that these uh, none of the, these guys were the sharpest knife in the drawer to begin with. Mm-hmm. And they believed that BS, that they were being fed by uh, Trump and his minions. I mean, they honestly believed that uh, Trump had won the election. They honestly believed that... Um, the the government was being overthrown, stolen by from Trump by um, the Democrats, and they honestly believed that they were fighting for the uh, integrity of the United States. That it that it wasn't a fair election, and that by them them, them participating they would return it to what it should be. 
In other words, these were a bunch of dumb MLs. <laughs> <laughs> I have not seen, uh, now maybe you've looked at their uh, pleadings a little closer than I have, but I haven't seen them denounce Trump. Uh, some have. Some have, okay. Yeah, some have um, that, that, that went to jail. They said they were deceived, that they were they, they were fooled. You know, because so much reporting has come out afterwards. And, um, and, and you know, and for one thing, Trump told them to meet him at the Capitol to meet him at the Capitol. So they were going down there thinking uh, he's going to be like M- Mel Gibson and, and, and lead the charge or something. <laughs> now, now, this is something I, I, I really struggle with, Monroe. And we talk about it on the show all the time. I just had some great conversations uh, yesterday on the subject uh, of... Um, People in middle America, in uh, in Illinois, we're talking about specifically, uh, who have fallen for Trump. And Donald Trump has been a con man his whole life. Right. Uh, And he he doesn't really conceal it. He's sort of proud of it. He boasts about it. Uh, He's never been a con. He's not being a con man. He, 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 He boasts about being a smart businessman therefore he doesn't raise he pay doesn't pay taxes uh, uh, I mean he, he has a whole per, per, perverted um, mindset yeah well he, he, he has a brag from time to time about like for instance how he avoided the Vietnam War you, you know you uh, have to participate uh, in the Vietnam War how he's uh, outmaneuvered uh, many of his business rivals uh, right now one of the when he's complaining about uh, he's in the middle of a fight a legal fight or a political fight he uh, plays the victim card uh, but when he's victorious he pounds his chest he's no, I, as far as I know he's never once acknowledged in any instance where he was wrong uh, so this is he's never wrong. Yeah, so he's never, and yet the allegiance that we see close to fifty percent of America to this day, Monroe, and coming into the next year, it's frightening. Trump may retake because he controls the Republican Party still. He may retake the Congress and the Senate, Monroe. We're watching these uh, MAGA people going to prison and jail for participating in the insurrection following Trump's lead. And there's very likelihood that Trump could regain power. Because yeah, you know as well as I do, if if the Republicans take control of the House, yes, there will be no investigation anymore into... Oh, yeah, no, go ahead. That's why, that's why Bannon is foot-dragging and playing around because what he's gambling on is that the clock will run out. And once the clock runs out, meaning the uh, next year's elections, which are 11 months and days away now, that if if we get to that and, and the Republicans take over the House, then all this will come to a screeching halt. And, and the January 6th e- election I mean, uh, uh, insurrection will also just stop. All right. So uh, our hope 
is that somehow or other, <laughs> I have to sort of uh, shake my head in this one, uh, that this uh, infrastructure bill uh, that Congress passed, Joe Biden signed, uh, Lori Lightfoot herself flew out to Washington to participate in the ceremony. How about that, Monroe? Um, that infrastructure bill will somehow or other turn the tides against the Republicans uh, on behalf of the Democrats heading into 2022. Uh, what's your sense of that? It's a beginning. You know, for example, when it was passed, then across the country, local news operations were reporting that it had passed and how much their particular state or their particular government was going to get as a result of it and what sort of thing. And you could have Mitch McConnell call it a socialist move, although he voted for it. Um, or, or you could have um, Republicans talking about how it was going to make, if you're going to lead to inflation, et cetera, et cetera. But the coverage of it was what a wonderful thing it was that um, their particular state was getting all this federal government money. And some of the Republican uh, Republicans in government mm-hmm. in, in various states was already taking, taking credit for saying that, uh, well, because of them or, or because of, of the action that they were going to get this new bridge or, or something, 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 you, you name it. They're already taking credit, although they have opposed it completely. <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, it's amazing. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> we, we voted against this. We didn't want it, but now that we have it, we got it. <laughs> You, you know, I, I, I got to tell you, man, I, I make fun of Chicago all the time. I write about Chicago all the time and it's corruption. But in the city council, they would not let an alderman get away with that. I'm just saying, Monroe, they would be all over an alderman if he or she voted against the spending bill and then help ribbon cutting ceremonies to to uh, claim credit for whatever uh, goodies were coming out of. Uh, that bill. Do you follow what I'm saying? Yeah, let me, uh, let me take you on a quick tangent because you are out of you are in the bubble. Uh, one of the Chicago aldermen has suggested that city that. by the bears. That's George Garden is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that uh, uh, and, and he would take a victory lap, of course, if we did that. Which yeah. We won't. Um, uh, by the way, I just got a uh, an email and a, a phone call uh, from Henry Davis Gates. He says he uh, cannot access the, the link uh, to the interview, and he wants uh, Dennis us to send him another interview, uh, a, another link. He'll be joining our conversation soon. Uh, I didn't expect Henry to be having troubles with this. He's a millennial, so uh, uh, I'm sure it'll all work out. Yeah, uh, infrastructure, infrastructure, infrastructure. It needs to be worked on a little bit more. And thanks to Biden <laughs> and the Democrats, it will be. So uh, this time, two years from now, none of these problems will exist anymore. Well, I I, uh, <laughs> I, I, I hope you're right. Um, 
I had on the show yesterday, Sam Holloway, a good friend of mine, a good friend of the show, and he's far left. And he's, his essential point is that there's no real, I think you've been on the show with him before, Monroe. Uh, there's no uh, great distinction between Republicans and Democrats. And uh, he doesn't vote for the Democrats. He's to the left. And um, so I hear him out. Uh, I, I disagree with him and other leftists because I take very serious the threat that MAGA represents to our democracy. Right. 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 I, it's not that I love centrists, okay, Monroe. You know what I'm saying? It's just that right. I take very seriously. Yeah, but go ahead. The way our government works is lesser of two evils. That's it. And the Democrats are definitely the lesser of the two evils. And so, and and and, and to be neutral in that situation, as far as I'm concerned, is crazy. Well, uh, speaking of evils, uh, Paul uh, Gosser, the uh, congressman from Arizona, and this is this is again, this is this is uh, this gets to the heart of what I'm talking about, an existential threat. Uh, this guy, you know, put out on uh, was a Twitter, I think, uh, a uh, cartoon um, An- sort of animation, yeah, animation of uh, the execution of AOC, right, and. And an attack on Biden. Yeah. So, Monroe, I do not know of any Democrat in the country, any elected Democratic uh, leader uh, who has put out a video uh, or an animation that uh, celebrates the murder of a Republican elected official. Yeah. Uh, And oh, good news. Henry Davis uh, has joined us. Good news. Henry Davis has joined us. Uh, He has mastered the intricacies of the Internet. And he's joined us. The pride and joy of South Bend, Indiana. Dear friend of this show, uh, city councilman and the truth teller about Mayor Pete. Uh, so Henry, we might as well just step right into this conversation I'm having with the great Monroe Anderson, uh, right now. So first of all, welcome back, Henry. It's been too long, it's too long. How you, how's, how's everybody doing? I'm you good. Doing? I'm good, Henry. How are you hey. doing? Hey, I, I am, uh, spent and I'm busy and I am tired and I, you know, I'm having fun and <laughs> all of the above, you know what I mean? So, all right, Henry, we'll finish up this conversation and we'll go. Uh, I've been holding off on Rittenhouse. Love to get your thoughts uh, about uh, the Kyle Rittenhouse trial uh, and also uh, the trial that's going on in Georgia, uh, which is sort of like bookends. Um, but I'd love to get your thoughts about this one. Uh, Henry Davis uh, is a councilman from South Bend, Indiana, if you remember him. Uh, his segment where he came on, originally came on my show to talk about uh, his thoughts on Mayor Pete is the most listened to single segment in the history of the Ben Jarofsky show. How about that, uh, Henry Davis? And still has a- What's that? It still has that ranking? Yes, it's number one. Absolutely. Wow. Number one. Yeah. It, it was the first one when you came on with your sister and uh, <laughs> I remember she's still your big sister, Henry. She like yeah. rolling her about? eyes at you. What's that? I said, what is that about? How, how's that show still number one? I don't know. The other show's got a lot of catch up. The, the one in the two with the sister, that that's pretty scary, man. Yeah. No, those Davises from South Bend. All right. Uh, we were talking about the existential threat <laughs> of the Republican Party. And 
I, I take it very serious. Now, you're in Indiana. You're surrounded by Republicans. South Bend, you're a Democrat. Uh, so there's some Democrats in South Bend. Basically, it's a state run by Republicans. Literally. And part of the reason I cannot get aboard a third-party uh, initiative, Henry Davis, is that I take very seriously the threat that Republicans represent, even if I'm disappointed with centrist Democrats and they irritate me, like your, your beloved Mayor Pete. I take very seriously the threat that Republicans make. You live in a, in a red state. Talk about the Republican Party in, uh, in the state of Indiana. Go ahead. Well, the Republican Party is true to themselves, you know, and I don't have a, too much of a beef with them because of who they are. They're very clear about who they are, and they go about their business the same way. They stick to two or three agenda items every year, especially during the campaign season. And it's really not anything that should alarm anyone. As a matter of fact, they should be pretty easy to beat because they talk about the same thing over and over and over again. Um, what I do, uh, I'm going to probably uh, turn the corner on this one real quick. What I have a really big problem with is people, uh, and especially Democrats, who are lazy and choose not to figure out a better strategy when it comes to the Republican Party and how to beat them. I also have an issue with Democrats having a uh, problem with uh, supporting their base. Uh, we just had this discussion. Oh, I just had a discussion probably about two, maybe three months ago with some party leaders. And I was really unhappy with the fact that they didn't understand. And this is why I wasn't happy. They didn't understand why people weren't voting in high numbers anymore and why the gerrymandering was happening in the way that it's happening, you know, when we're drawing our state borders. And, and, I, and I asked myself, well, why would you think people will vote? And then what do you mean, Henry? Well, you guys are taking the people that cr- helps you across the water every four years, every two years, and you take them for granted. So people don't even see a value in voting. When you take office, I'm talking about the Democrats, you either A, cower to the Republican Party, or B, become very good friends with people on the inside of the Democratic Party, and you don't do anything for the black community, and that's the base and the backbone of the Democratic Party. So my problem is not necessarily uh, with the Republicans, although I disagree with a lot of their, their goals and their ideas, but if the Democrats are in control and Democrats have the ability to move things forward, then Democrats should just do that. Uh, it, but it seems like the, the engine gets stuck somewhere or the gear shift gets stuck somewhere in between neutral and reverse or, or drive, or maybe it's just still in park. Uh, you talked about Democrats uh, doing a better job of, uh, uh, of strategizing how to beat Republicans. In your opinion, what would be a better strategy for the Democrats to pursue to defeat Republicans? I, you know, I, I don't think it's even a strategy. I shouldn't have probably said that word. I think that, that word gets overused as well. I think the, the, the key thing is to reinvest in the people and the voters that put you into office. I don't think that's hard. Right now we're dealing with affordable housing crisis across the nation. Uh, we're dealing with inflation, which is 5% and still and ticking upwards still. Mm-hmm. job loss, right, or jobs that don't pay enough money, or or you have an insurance issue uh, for your, your elderly, right? Uh, so you're dealing with, like, these hardcore issues of quality of life. Um, your neighborhoods are falling apart. Public education is under attack. 
these are where your Democrat voters are coming from. And why isn't the party itself speaking about those issues and trying to correct some of those issues? I'm not asking them to be perfect. I'm not asking them to be 10 for 10. I'm asking that you at least give it a try. And so there is an automatic turnoff. No, I'm not going to be ever be a Republican, but I can stop being a Democrat as well. So I can go home and just pack it up. And so if I'm losing, everybody else can lose as well. And that's the attitude I'm running against uh, run, uh, and run up against with some of the constituents in here in the city. They're, they're just tired of the fact that every time the Democrats feel like they can get in office, they need to be friends with their enemies. And that's what the biggest problem that I've seen happen. We, we want to be friends with the Republican Party. Uh, we want to make nice with them. We need to reach across the aisle. No, you need to put the car in overdrive and hit the gas and go. They do the same thing when they get in. So why do you think they're going to play ball with you nicely? Monroe, your thoughts on what uh, Henry has been saying? Um, it, what, what he says has a ring of truth to it. But the reality is that we have mansion and cinema that's hanging everything up. It's not the party this time. It's two people in the party that for, um, well, Manchin, we know, is in the reddest, one of the reddest states in the union, and he's hoping he can keep his job, which he probably won't. And I won't cry about that, except what they're going to replace him with is going to be detrimental. And and cinema, nobody knows where she's coming from. She she doesn't talk to the press. She doesn't talk to her constituency. Uh, she may be talking to some other voices in her head. I'm, I'm not sure what's going on there. Well, let me uh, give an example uh, that I think would illustrate uh, a point that Henry is making that doesn't have anything to do with cinema and mansion. Okay. Uh, and, and this has to do with something that Henry, you sent me, everybody's sending me homework assignments. I sent them out. Henry sent me one. Uh, and it was a recent, uh, it was a proposal by, a, and I can't remember the gentleman's name, Henry. So I apologize, but he's the head of the democratic party in the state of Indiana. Michael Schmuel. Okay. Pete judges campaign manager. Okay. So Michael Schmuel, who I, I don't know, yeah. Never met him. Uh, was advocating for the legalization of uh, marijuana in the state of Indiana. Yeah. And the argument he was advancing, Henry, I read the story that you sent me. The argument that he was advancing is that the state of Indiana is losing tax dollars out to Michigan because marijuana is legal in Michigan. And so we're, it's a, it, it's a tax issue. OK. And I think about the difference between Republicans and Democrats right there. Uh, Henry Davis, Republicans, they frame their issues around grandiose themes. They talk about liberty. They make principles that people like could adhere to because fundamentally you believe in the principle. So to me, when it comes to marijuana, it's utterly absurd that the thing has been illegal to begin with. Yeah. It's really unfair that this is a tactic that law enforcement has to lock people up when there's no reason to lock them up. And the financial end, which is generally overstated, is like the least important reason 
to legalize marijuana. Okay, and yet no. that's the argument that the Democrats are advancing. Yeah, okay. I'm like, right. No, this is the problem is the Democrats are lousy. L-O-U-S-Y. <laughs> you know, for, for example, uh, when the, the Republicans who are against um, um, taxes for the wealthy, when one dies and the money could go on to another generation, which just builds up generations, you end up with uh, oligarchs in the process. Mm-hmm. They don't call it the estate tax. Uh, they, they, God, what do they call it? They have some, some fancy the death name. Tax. The death tax. Yeah, the yeah. death tax. Or with gambling. Gambling is now gaming because gambling is a sin. So then they use the word gaming instead. They, they choose their words much more carefully and in a way that can either deceive or or um, get a, uh, get approval. Well, I'll go one step further, and then I want Henry's response because it had, deals with Indiana. Told you guys, Marco Smule is Pete Buttigieg's best yeah. friend, campaign manager. <laughs> well, here's my point, uh, Henry. Democrats are afraid to take bold stance. So this gentleman who I never met, Pete Buttigieg's campaign manager is afraid to come out and say our marijuana laws are outrageous that there really is nothing wrong with smoking marijuana everybody does it okay so stop pretending like there's something really wrong with it they're afraid of being labeled by the republicans so what he does is he acts like an accountant he goes, well, I'm not saying I believe in marijuana, condone its use, but we can make money if we <laughs> legalize it. But instead of standing up for a principle, do you follow me, Henry Davis? And so to me, the problem with the Democrats is they're chicken. They don't come no, out and stand for it. You can't use Indiana Hoosiers, I mean, <laughs> Democrats, as an example, as a native Hoosier. I know that the Democrats, in Indiana, uh, actually look and think like uh, Republicans <laughs> in a whole bunch of other states. I mean, uh, that's how conservative they are. He, he's, he's telling the truth. He's telling the truth. <laughs> he's telling the hey, truth. By the way, Henry, I'm outnumbered here. He's from Gary, and you're from South Bend. I'm completely outnumbered. Go ahead. We know how bad he is. That means he really understands. Right. Yeah, so you can't, I mean, that's, it's just, uh, I mean, I. But wait, hold it, Henry, I need to hear it from you. You live in South Bend. You grew up in Indiana. You're telling me that if Michael, whatever his last name is, Pete Buttigieg's campaign manager, came out with a small, 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 if he came out for an endorsement of marijuana, just to say we need to legalize it, it's time we legalize that. Like what? Rednecks would turn against them. Um. <laughs> no, what they Look, would do is they would talk about how radical he was. No, he, you're, you're talking about a guy who helped put a gentleman in the office that's now our Secretary of Transportation that came into South Bend from some obscure place, I guess he came from Harvard. I, I don't know. I never even under, knew who people to judge what they showed up on the scene for politics. 
And he changed our streets over in such a way. Our traffic patterns are so backwards. Our streets went from four lanes to two lanes. Instead of opening our streets back up for commerce, he shut them down. Everyone wants to be shit. You just go get a horse and buggy. <laughs> how it works right now here in South Bend. And you're asking that guy to come up with a, a logical response to criminal justice laws that need to be changed. Look, I, I, I look, I support in theory of what he's saying. I understand the money part, but we have to talk about the criminal justice system and how it has locked away people that look just like me because of marijuana and people that look just like him as well, that, that dealt in marijuana. But, you know, there are just like all these unfair criminal justice practices that have taken place that's still taking place. As a matter of fact, marijuana was one of the issues that came up during his campaign. I'm talking about Pete that really hurt him because of the of people that were black that were being arrested yeah. by the police department. Same conversation. So you would think that this guy who was uh, the state chairman would have remembered that major gaffe in his campaign because that hurt him real bad and, and tried to turn the tide on it. He talks about the money. So I guess he's trying to a attract Republican support. Those people are they, those those, those I, look. <laughs> you just can't say enough about some of this stuff, nor can you ever make it up. This stuff is too good for well, you. Right. Well, you know, here in Illinois, which is much bluer than Indiana, uh, and where marijuana is now legal, you have people in prison for selling marijuana, still in prison for selling marijuana, and in the meantime. Um, now that it's legal, those people don't even have a shot at making le legal money, legitimate money off of it because white men are controlling it. They're, they're getting all the business, which yeah, is and I, very enriching. And I agree. Time you have people sitting in jail, prison still, because they sow, they sow what these guys are now selling. I, and we got a lot more money off of it. I, I agree, and so I'm going to, and I'm, I'm going to do this before you even brought this up, uh, Ben. I'm going to um, put together some legislation. This time it will be like a resolution, uh, calling the attention to what you know Mike Schmuel, state party chairman, has said. But I wanted to undergird it with criminal justice reform. I want to um, talk about the medical support that it, it could provide. I want to talk about uh, the monies and where it needs to go and absolutely the ownership part of it as well. Um, minorities, in large part, black folk who have been um, adversely impacted by these laws um, don't even own any of these, um, what they call them, not distilleries, distilleries is uh, liquor. What do they call them? The um, the stores, dispensaries. Thank you. Oh, yeah. oh, the grow houses. Go ahead. Yeah, mm -hmm. right. Need to make sure that African Americans have a a, a chance uh, to even become owners in this industry. Uh, so that's what I want to talk about. Mm -hmm. I get the the marijuana laws. I get I, I get the benefits of marijuana. I even get I understand the money. You really have to start talking about how do we. Uh, support um, a demographic that usually votes Democrat blindly every election 
and get something out of this proposal that's being drafted. I, I think it has some room to um, to probably pass in the next probably five years. But we <laughs> five years. What a state! Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> five years. Yeah. Oh my I, god! I, I don't think it happens tomorrow. I don't think it happens tomorrow. But <laughs> that is hilarious. <laughs> like, we go ahead. Man, I know you know that we we do things different around here in Indiana, but <laughs> we have to put those things on the table if we want real institutional and systematic and cultural change. Yeah, you know, yeah. you know what the the joke is, Henry, and this is I I, I can't say this with any degree of certainty because I I have not been in the state of Indiana many times in my life. Uh, but I know downstate Illinois a little bit. Dennis and I talk about this all the time. There is so much reefer consumed in Republican areas of the state of Illinois. So the notion that there's going to be widespread dissent by swing voters or Republicans to legalizing marijuana, that epitomizes the point I'm making, how chicken the Democrats are. They don't stand for anything. You get what I'm saying? They're like, denounce Trump, but what, which I'm with denouncing Trump, but you don't <laughs> stand for any freaking thing. You know, you don't proclaim an essential liberty uh, that you could wave the flag around, Henry. And uh, so you guys, I get it. In, in Indiana, you got to phrase it as like a, an accountant statement. Well, we can bring in this amount of money for the, the coffers of Indiana. Oh, it, it's a terrible argument. It, yeah. It's definitely. Bible, if that's all he wants to talk about. Is that all right? You, you, you have to talk about, again, about the t- kitchen table issues that impact and then affect most of the voters in Indiana. That means the, uh, the Republican voters and the Democratic voters. Uh, you got some things that, that we both line up on, and, and public education is one. All right, uh, let's get to Rittenhouse. Get your thoughts and get Monroe's thoughts. Uh, I, I have a sense of where Monroe's coming from this. I have not had a conversation with you, Henry, about this. Uh, as we speak, Kyle Rittenhouse's jury, they may have reached a conclusion, though Monroe would tell me, I know, because he's got yeah. he's following the stuff they haven't yet. Yeah, okay. I, I have the TV on now. They're Right now <laughs> they're debating uh, Gosser, whether he should be published. Uh, okay, Gosser, uh, the, the congressman from Arizona. All right, Uh I have my uh, feelings about it. I'd love to get your thoughts. Uh, the centrists uh, that I've been reading have been saying uh, that uh, they believe that Kyle Rittenhouse should be quitted uh, because he was acting in self-defense and that we have to eliminate everything else uh, having to do uh, with this case, including the fact uh, that he came uh, to a riot with a rifle, uh, it can't, including the fact that he apparently violated Wisconsin law, even though the judge threw the charge out uh, by having the rifle. And uh, by including the fact uh, that he essentially went to a riot with a gun. okay, and that two people are dead. So we're supposed to avoid that and just look, concentrate on whether he was defending himself. Uh, What's your thoughts about this, Henry? Go ahead. Take it away. I think I think it's awful. Um, There's no other way of explaining it. You just explained it. You said. Self-defense, this guy shows up to a, a, uh, an area that obviously ha- has some civil unrest going on, and he's out there, you know, duck hunting. He um, was driven there by his mother. That's another problem. No one else is talking about this, right? His mom should be brought up on charges. 
She took a, that's a, you know, when we do that here in, in, in the hood, when somebody kills someone, they generally go and get the friend that was with them and say it was conspiracy or aiding, aiding and abetting a, 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 a felon. You know, they, they charge both. You know, they hook both of them up with time. So the mom needs to be talked about as well. But this Rittenhouse guy, I, I, it's, it's just it's nuts. It's, it's really scary because they are using the same defense that they're using with the other trial with uh, Aubrey. Mohammed um, mm-hmm. was a, 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 a Ahmad Aubrey. Mm-hmm. Aubrey. You know, self defense. When at what point were you ever in danger? You're the one that's carrying the gun. You know, and so we, they create this narrative that somehow, and they use their privilege and say that I was threatened, and because I felt threatened, although I was in the place that I didn't belong in. Although I'm underage, although I'm carrying around an assault rifle, I should be able to use it just because I have it. And, and it just really, you know, talks about how America is and what we've been talking. This is why we have so much stress in our communities. There's just, is it, you have two different laws. You have two different atmospheres. Somebody can do that and get away with it. I mean, the judge is what, buddy, buddy? What? I mean, you would think that that was his godfather or something. Uh, his grandson. Yeah. <laughs> no, his grandson. <laughs> he, he, he looks at him affectionately. Oh. Yeah. He, he let him help. He, he let him choose the jury. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when is yeah. it? When is it you ain't going to come in? Somebody has to come in. And these people have to, like, be held accountable for what they're doing. This stuff is amazing. And, and, the, and the fact that they are not ever held accountable is the, is the worst part of it all. They, they're never held liable for their decisions. They're never held liable for the pain and the agony that they inflict on a population of people. I mean, let's be clear about it. It's not only about a black or white issue. White folks are hurt by this as well. I mean, for me to believe that white people are believing in the way that this is happening, you know, will be an injustice on my end. This is crazy. They're telling their kids, even though that they may not be their actual biological child or, or, or family, that it's okay to go carry a weapon in the middle of a riot and kill someone and get away with it. They're programming another generation or future generations into believing that this is okay behavior. It's nuts. It's, it's as upside down and as demonic as well, you can get. Yeah. It's nuts. Well, yeah, we'll see if he, he gets away with it. The, the jury's still out, so, so we'll see. But the prosecutor has already stated in his closing arguments that if you provoke uh, a situation and then you kill them because you provoked it, then that's not self-defense. You're right, but that's law. I, 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 I heard that. I ran through that. But what I do know, you still have a jury there. Right. And that's what I'm saying. We'll, we'll, we'll see whether they f- f- jury, go for the okie dokie or not. Yeah, I was say the jury doesn't have to follow the law either. Right. They can come up with some type of strange idea that he was in danger. Right. 
All right, uh, Henry and Monroe, I got to throw this one at you. Uh, I draw a distinction. The man brought a rifle to a riot. All right. I just let's just let's just think about that. There was a riot going on and he thought it was a good idea to show up with a rifle. Okay, And and I just live in. What's that? In a community that he did not live in. Yeah, that's my point. Now, if he was a homeowner or the owner of a building and I know how people feel about their building, you invest your life's savings, Henry Davis, into an investment. Yes. I know a lot of people, black and white, yes, who tell me if that mother beep shows up with that right, I'm going out there with my shotgun. And that's one thing, Henry Davis, you know, that's one thing, right? I think you'll agree with me. The castle rule. The castle rule, right. I'm the king of the castle, Monroe. Right. You, but this is the man didn't own any property in Kenosha. <laughs> he didn't even live in Kenosha. He, he crossed, he crossed <laughs> state lines. With a rifle, <laughs> he showed up to a riot with a rifle. Now, yeah, right. Now his mother says, just for the for uh, 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 a point, his mother says she did not drive him over there. So I don't know yeah. how he got there. He didn't walk. It's a little. I bit think he took a magic carpet. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right, Henry Davis. Spider-Man dropped him off. I, I want to hear your response and again, Monroe's too. The king of the castle. The It's your castle. Do you have the right, in your humble opinion, to stand in front of your property if there's people rioting outside to defend it? Go ahead, Henry. That's what the law says. Well, the law says that they enter into your home. I'm sorry, into your property. Right. You, it's not that I can stand outside of my property. Yeah, you can't pop people off. Yeah, yeah. People off at my curb line. Right. <laughs> I can't do that. Right. You can't but, do that. But, yeah, but they come into my home. Right. I'm fully allowed to defend myself. And I believe that law, and I think that law needs to be exercised mm-hmm. if that happens. But I don't believe that I need to sit on my porch and watch people just drive past or walk past. And I, I have the ability just to pick them off because... I don't like what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, uh, no, I, I, there's a difference between that and people rioting. Like for instance, uh, that couple in, uh, St. Louis that got to speak at the Republican convention, just want to yeah. point out <laughs> the Republic, this thing put those two people Monroe on the stage at the Republican right. convention. Right. Those nut cases in St. Louis. I don't know if you yeah. remember this, Henry, oh, yeah. black lives matter was just walking by their house. They come out with guns. Okay. And uh, waving their guns around. I do not believe they really had a right to wave guns at people just because they were walking by. But go ahead. In 1980, we had a burglar in the house. Literally woke up to a burglar in the house. And I I called 911. Uh, He he left because I I spoke to him. Uh, And he left. And the cops got him, and they brought him back in and identified him. And what the Chicago police told me was that I should have shot him. <laughs> and if he was outside of the house, I should have shot him and dragged the body back into the house. <laughs> that, was, that was their legal advice to me. <laughs> and oh, this my was goodness. A white guy. <laughs> it wasn't even a brother. 
Yeah, it's great advice. <laughs> That's the advice you shouldn't follow, Monroe. I'm glad you did. Uh, all right, uh, Henry, I got to get your thoughts about uh, Georgia. Where uh, the prosecutor, excuse me, the defense attorney uh, has said that there's too many black pastors uh, in the courtroom. <laughs> and, and so he was unhappy the fact that the black pastors were showing up. Yeah. He's irritated with black pastors. Um, I can kind of understand that being irritated with them, but they're allowed to be in there. They're citizens of, of, of America. I mean, who is he to tell them that they can't be at a public trial? The audacity. Yeah. This is the same reason why Rittenhouse was able to get a gun and get in the car with his mom and drive uh, to a location where there's civil unrest and get out and, and kill two people. It's the same type of audacity. It's the same type of, of spirit. It's the same type of... Um, uh, uh, thoughtless uh, attitude that they feel like that they're superior and they're above other human beings. Not the law. They 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 can give a damn about the law. They feel like that they're better than other human beings, and then it plays out like you're watching it in court, where the judge, like we just said, we he, hell he he's acting like he's his godfather or grandfather. You know, this is my child. And if you feel like yeah. and, and if he is your child, you need to be locked up away, locked away as well because you taught him how to be like this. But down there in Georgia, same deal. We're going to talk about uh, self-defense, and we're going to make sure uh, that people understand that these guys that are on camera, they're on camera, right? <laughs> I mean – you, you can't make this stuff up. They're on camera, and they're claiming that they were in danger while a guy is running away from them that has, that's not even armed. Yeah. And it's two of them, so let's just say it's a fist fight. The one guy still loses. Well, you know, and the, the other thing with Rittenhouse is there was a cu- curfew. To prevent riot and violence, et cetera. And so if he was so law-abiding, then he should have been in somebody's house, off the streets, when the curfew was imposed, once that time came. And in fact, he was was hunting protesters. Go ahead, Henry. The judge would say violence. He was hunting deer, because that's what he saw them as. He was hunting game. Right. You know? You know, I just wish some of the homies from where I'm from would have gotten this type of chances, would have gotten this type of support from the system that they, uh, that failed them as well. You know, I don't condone violence. I don't condone the murder. I don't condone people operating outside the lines of the law. I think what they, uh, what is happening is a complete miscarriage of justice, complete miscarriage. But if one can get it, the other one should be able to get it as well. You know, I just don't get how we continue to have these conversations and think at some point that the other side is going to get it. I'm just going to start believing that these folks are from a different planet and they are the enemy of human, human, human beings, mankind. You know, I, I, I've been paying attention to the way, again, Democrats, especially here, 
uh, personal experience how we are so afraid of breaking ties or ties or relationships with our enemy. I just said a lot right there. Because if it's your enemy, you shouldn't have a relationship anyway. You understand what I'm saying? So these people are so gun-ho or so stupid, they believe at some point that the person that hates their very existence is going to be their friend one day. That's nuts. And that's what we're dealing with. We're dealing with people uh, trying to give other people so many chances. I'm not saying people don't deserve a chance. Hell, I, I'm probably on my 40th second chance right now. <laughs> I, I'm being honest, man, or, or 100. I, I get that. I'm being honest about that. But at what point do we cut the cord? Do we cut the rope? Do we begin to hold our standard of living higher than what they're holding their standard of living? Mm. It's like a zoo. This is like it, it, it's it's like a cartoon, a bad cartoon that never ends. Mm. I don't want to watch it anymore, and it seems like it's happening more and more and more than it than before. Hell, it's like we reversed the clock back to the 1940s. Yeah, this is this is really strange behavior. Yeah, it's uh, and the fact that they're going on juxtaposed Monroe. It must blow your mind because uh, believe it or not, Henry Monroe is even older than I am. So he's seen more things than I have. Uh, I like to point out he's a little older than me, not much. But Monroe, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, just to, like, we talked about the two men that were wrongly convicted of killing Malcolm X. That's how we started the show. Uh, and just the way the criminal justice system is so harsh and unyielding. To so many defendants, <laughs> Rittenhouse is like. It's almost like they're saying to Rittenhouse, "Would would would you like a nice lunch? What would you like for lunch, Kyle? We'll give you like. Wait, you want an egg roll for lunch? We'll give you. You want a pizza for? I mean, they're bending over backwards, Monroe. Well, then, they did that, yeah. then they do that. They did that with D Dylan Roof. Is that his name? Yeah. Dylan Roof, the guy yeah. that went to jail. They took him to Burger yeah. King. Yeah. What? Or, or, yeah, right. Or if you look at B Bannon, Bannon was indicted. Steve Bannon, yeah, yeah, and um, they 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 said, well, could you show up at the court on Monday <laughs> to get your indictment? If that had been me or Henry, they would have been dragging us off the jail. <laughs> <laughs> the paperwork was done; they, they'd be there. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, they, 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 they'd, they'd have been calling the meat wagon for us. Right, exactly. Right. Uh, yeah. I, I urge everybody, if you want to see uh, how Henry was treated uh, in the criminal justice system, just check out that interview I already alluded to. Uh, all right, Henry, I know you got to meet with the mayor or something. He's important meeting Monroe. I think the mayor of South Bend or something like that. Uh, so I have to ask you. Yeah, I have to meet with him. <laughs> yeah, he's holding well, up. He's the, not, we're, uh, he's not happy with me. Yeah, and, 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 and Henry has his, his his measuring tape with him. He's he's measuring the carpet and the drapes because he's, he's, he's planning on moving in there. Right now. Well, he did run for mayor once before. Uh, he ran against a certain Mayor Pete. Right. All right. So sp speaking of Mayor Pete, before I let you go off to uh, the uh, the new mayor, mayor the new mayor, Mayor Pete in uh, South Bend, uh, there's a documentary out about uh, Mayor Pete. Have you uh, seen it by any chance? 
No, and I'm not going to watch it. I I, I can't. Uh, you know, I've had an, I have enough to do. You know, my son is playing basketball now, <laughs> and, he, and he's enjoying himself, and I'm I'm enjoying it as well. And, and certain things, you know, I just won't do. <laughs> my time is short. Yeah. By the way, how old <laughs> how old is your short. son? How old is your he's son? He's thirteen now. He's oh. thirteen now. Yeah. So Mayor Pete and his documentary, whatever they put together to talk about how great he is, you know, you know, great job. You know, money can do a lot of things for a lot of different people. All right, uh, I I should let you go. But since you mentioned basketball, uh, I'm just yeah. going to ask a b- basketball-related question. My beloved Chicago Bulls, you're at, believe it's it or good. not, Monroe, e- even though he's from Indiana, he roots for the Bulls. Uh, because because he's, he's more or less in the Chicago market. Yeah. yeah. He's not a Pacer yeah, fan. I grew, up, I grew up watching Michael Jordan. So what do you think about my beloved Bulls, uh, Henry? Ten and four. They, they they look good, man. I mean, we're excited for them. You know, we, we want them to win. Uh, it's been some time since they last actually won something. That was a 2005, four, somewhere around there. 2011. They, Go ahead. Oh, I thought it was in the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't mean to offend you. 2011. <laughs> that was not on purpose. I thought I was being a history buff right there. I'm sorry. Forgive me. Okay, so it's been about 10 years. (laughs) Ben wastes more time on this stuff than we do. Oh, yeah, no, I'm utterly obsessed with the Bulls. No, Uh, let's just hope hope the ownership doesn't find a way to jack it up. You know, that's been notorious of Chicago um, sports leadership. They have had a really, really – I guess an advantage on how to mess a team up. And so it looks like it seems like that uh, this team could not only be good this year, but years to come. So let's just hope contracts will be extended. People will be uh, retained and um, hopefully you can buy, they can buy some more talent that can be a support to their winning habits right now. I'm just scared about what happens in mid season towards the end of the regular season. Well, I'm I'm just enjoying it game by game, and I think if they keep winning, even Monroe Anderson will jump aboard the Bulls bandwagon. Even Monroe, who's known to take his time before he, yeah, as soon as they get to the playoffs, I'll be there. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that, that's what that, that's what I was saying. You know, that's what I, I'm. You know, I'm, I'm 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 a little bit nervous about. You know, it looks great right now, and it looks like it can be better, but somehow, some way, Chicago. Um, ownership of these teams, especially the Bulls, uh, and, and somehow the coaches find a way to lose. Yeah, they, It's like they, they're they like destined to figure out how I can mess this up. Yeah. yeah uh, all right, Henry, I'll let you go to your meeting with the mayor. Thank you very much, uh, much for stopping in, and uh, oh, we'll bring man, you back on real soon. Ha- man, it's a pleasure. Thank you for having me. I, I, I really enjoy these conversations, I mean, because it's not necessarily attached to South Bend, and it's it's free. You know, I'm talking about free spirited, and yeah. um, you know, I, I gain a lot more value out of this, these conversations. So again, like I said, I, I really appreciate it. And, and Monroe, you're right. I am going to measure the blinds. 
<laughs> He's getting ready to run, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, man, hey, I, I, look, I told him that. I told him that, you know, I I wanted more, and I couldn't do the councilman anything, councilman thing for you know another another four years after these four years are over. I'm spent. Uh, I need to spread my wings. Um, I said, look, you know, help me get downstate. You know, get me to a place where I, you know, where I can get those things that I'm looking for. He looked at me and act like I was talking gibberish. And I uh, looked at him again and I said it again. And he didn't respond to me. And I was like, dude, I'm trying to work with you. You know, give me some help, you know. And I said, well, I tell you what, since we're not, you know, since you don't want to be clear and you don't want to be open, I'm going to be open and honest with you right now. It's either that job or it's your job. You pick. And he kind of like smirked and kind of like gave a little chuckle. I was serious. Right. <laughs> yeah, I am flat out serious. serious. Right. Yeah, I'm, I'm flat out serious. So, you know, you choose. You pick one or the other. I don't want to go to war with anyone. I don't if I don't have to, and that's what I was asking him. But I know my poll numbers are really high. I know my my likability is high. It's higher than he is. And so look, I mean, this is all a competition at the end of the day. And let's made 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 the best win, person win. When when is the next mayoral election? Twenty three. Oh, it's just like Chicago. Uh, yeah. And, uh, all right. Well, we will definitely be following yeah, that yeah, one. Yeah, Henry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you, your mind was turning around. You was getting ready to say something else. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, he yeah. read my mind. We'll talk about that one. We'll talk about that one offline. <laughs> yes, we will. All right, Henry Davis Jr., go have fun with the mayor. And uh, uh, thank you for coming I on am- the show. Okay. Yeah. Right on. Thank yeah. you so yeah. much. Dennis, what's up, man? I, I haven't talked to Dennis. Tell Dennis I say hello. I know he can hear me. So Yeah, he can hear you. Uh, there he yeah, is. Okay. Just take a good look at Dennis. Okay. All right, take care, Henry. Right on. Take care. Okay, Henry. Take care, Henry. You, what you what were we saying, know, You should know that uh, one of the killers uh, with the, on the Aubrey case is on yeah. the stand right now. Oh, really? Which one? The son. You know, the son. Uh, I think that uh, what are Michael, they? Uh, Mike Michaels. Well, no, it's okay. the Ma- Michaels, Travis, and Greg. Yeah. Uh, and the son is the one who uh, led, allegedly, allegedly pulled the trigger. Right. Uh, and, uh, and so he's been explaining his military. He was in the the National Guard or something like that, and he had training. And so he was explaining how he was taught to defend himself when mm-hmm. somebody's a threat to you. Well, he did. I mean, <laughs> he just shot that man. He first he, he said he cornered him like a rat. They chased him down, and then they shot him. Right. And, uh, and and to me, it is the parallels to the Zimmerman shooting Trayvon Martin are so clear. Uh, and law enforcement says, "Don't chase him," and they go chase him. Right. And in some ways. I don't know. It just seems like it's this macho thing. And uh, we're locked in this stuff, Monroe. No, it's not macho. It's racist. You know, they've been, well, they've been hanging us uh, since eight, eight, 1873 or something like that. So it, 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 um, 
it, it doesn't let up. All right, we have to head out the door. Uh, I'm going to say this. I know you have not watched Clinton impeachment. Uh, I think I'm the only person in America who's watched it. Uh, I'll be writing a column about it uh, next week for the reader. I finished watching it. I'm utterly obsessed with the story. I think there's some amazing parallels uh, to politics today uh, for what went down against Clinton in the 90s. Some of the same actors are present. Definitely some some of the same methods employed by uh, the Republican Party are at play, so you can learn a lot from it. And I'll I'll close by this one more time, Monroe. The Democrats are often their own worst enemy. You heard Henry Davis Gates talking about it. I always put the Gates in there. I'm sorry. I apologize, Henry. You heard Henry Davis Jr. talking about it uh, in um, uh, in South Bend, and it's I believe it's true uh, with Bill Clinton as well. So I urge you, Monroe, to watch that. You will become obsessed with it if you just get into that uh, docudrama. Yeah, yeah I, I will watch it. I'm, I'm putting the finishing touches on my chapter. Oh, yeah, I got to have that done. All right, he's writing uh, his chapter on Eugene Sawyer for that book uh, that Dick Simpson's putting together. All right, uh, Monroe, thank you very much. Every Wednesday on the show, Monroe was so kind to come on and join us. I also want to thank uh, Councilman Henry Davis Jr. from South Bend, Indiana, uh, basically announced he's going to be running for mayor. Um, Monroe, <laughs> Monroe opened the door with that measuring the curtains thing, and he went right for it. Uh, and, uh, and of course, thank uh, the man, myth, the legend, the pride of joy in Illinois, without whom this show would be possible. And as Monroe and Henry Davis will tell you, back home in Alton, they call him Dr. D. Give yourself a raise. Take it out of petty cash. See you tomorrow, everybody. All right. cars like these on auto trader new cars used cars electric cars maybe even flying cars okay no flying cars but as soon as they get invented they'll be on auto trader just you wait auto trader